are listening to Global News Radio. This is Global News at 9 o'clock. Good evening from the Global News Desk. I'm Darren Boland. Since Health Canada came back with recommendations that the Pfizer vaccine was safe for teens between the age of 12 to 15, many have been asking when the province will start vaccinating them. Health Minister Christine Elliott yesterday said they were hoping to get all students fully vaccinated by the time school starts in the fall. But as Global's Dave Woodard reports, the plans are still in the very early stages. Ontario's Associate Medical Officer of Health, Dr. Barbara Yaffe, says they are having discussions. We are very actively uh, working with the Ministry of Education. But as of today, teens are still set to get their shots in phase three of the vaccine rollout, meaning that it won't be until at least the end of May before they get their first. Dr. Dirk Heyer, the coordinator of the Provincial Outbreak Response Team, says they are still trying to figure it all out. How will we approach the 12 to 18-year-old, specifically the 12 to 16 that just had additional approval? It's also not clear whether the province will have to reprioritize who gets the vaccine first if they want to get all students done by Labor Day. Dave Woodard Global News. A new order issued by Toronto Public Health will see schools and other settings limit in-person attendance for most purposes in an attempt to reduce community spread of COVID-19. Toronto Public Health says the order is meant to supplement the provincially mandated school closures and will take effect at midnight Monday. The agency says the new rule applies to all educational settings and adds in-person attendance by students is restricted as much as possible, regardless of whether it's for teaching or other instruction. It says there are some exceptions, such as daycare services and instruction for children with special needs who cannot be accommodated through remote learning. Well, health officials in London are reporting the city's youngest ever death related to COVID-19. Few details are available, but an 18-year-old man was among three deaths reported by the Middlesex London Health Unit. Global's Andrew Graham has more. Medical Officer of Health Dr. Chris Mackey says the 18-year-old was not in post-secondary, nor was he in high school, and there's no information about underlying medical conditions. It is another reminder that people in their young adult adolescents and older adolescents remain at high risk of developing COVID. When discussing the tragic loss, Mayor Ed Holder touched on the death of his 14-year-old son more than two decades ago. It's totally devastating. You can't plan for it and you never lose that feeling of tragedy and, and sadness. A woman in her 50s and a woman in her 70s are also included in new deaths related to the virus. Andrew Graham, Global News. Well, after days of receiving outrage over its recommendation, the chair of Canada's National Advisory Committee on Immunization is again speaking up. Anasi stated Monday that the Pfizer and Moderna shots are preferred and Canadians not considered high risk may want to wait for them. Now, the advisory committee's chair says people who already got the AstraZeneca vaccine should not feel they made a bad choice. In a statement, Dr. Caroline Quash says Nasi's message was not meant to give those people vaccine remorse, noting the first dose of AstraZeneca's vaccine has similar success at preventing hospitalization and death from COVID-19 as one dose of Pfizer or Moderna. But when it comes to its recommendation, NASI is standing its ground. Dr. Quash says anyone at high risk should still get whatever COVID-19 vaccine they're offered first, while people at low risk may want to consider the risks between a vaccine that may pose a rare but potentially fatal side effect and one that doesn't. 
Brianna Carnegie, Global News. Major General Danny Fortin says Canada will be getting hundreds of thousands more doses of the AstraZeneca vaccine in the next few weeks. Fortin told an Ottawa news conference the doses are the second shipment from the COVAX facility, a global vaccine sharing program. We now have visibility for AstraZeneca doses from the COVAX facility. We can expect to receive 655,000 doses in the coming weeks. Well, Canada invested hundreds of millions into COVAX to help low and middle income countries access vaccines that otherwise they couldn't afford and also to buy millions of doses for itself. Well, droplets, aerosols or airborne, how exactly is COVID-19 transmitted? Global's Brittany Greenslate takes a look at how conflicting messages from health health authorities is fueling a great deal of confusion over how the virus is spread. Last Friday, the World Health Organization acknowledged aerosol transmission of the virus, but stopped short of saying it's airborne. Dr. Alan Vaisman is an infection control and infectious disease expert at University Health Network and says there's now a growing debate among health experts about how COVID is predominantly spread. The possibility that in poorly ventilated settings or when performing aerosol generating procedures, that transmission is more likely to be on the aerosol end of things. What about just standard interactions with patients with COVID? For more than a year, health officials, the CDC and Health Canada have stayed firm, saying COVID-19 is spread predominantly through droplets. But there's evidence to show COVID can also be aerosolized, most often in close, crowded indoor spaces. And those small particles can remain suspended in the air like smoke. Brittany Greenslade, Global News. Listen to us in HD, tune to 95.3 FM and select Channel 2. In sports, the Blue Jays able to split their four-game series with the Athletics today with a 10-4 win. Toronto heads to Houston tomorrow for the start of a three-game set against the Houston Astros. Meantime, the Raptors are on the hardwood in Tampa taking on the Wizards. And with around four minutes and 30 seconds left to go in the third quarter, the Raptors leading the Wizards 77-73. And in Montreal, it's an original six clash as the Maple Leafs face off against the Habs. And partway through the third period, the Leafs leading the Habs 4-2. Checking your regional forecast from the Global News Weather Center, cloudy conditions expected tonight alongside the chance of some rain showers and temperatures tonight dropping to a low of plus three. I'm Darren Boland and this is Global News. This is On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. Good to have you with us on this Thursday. You know, the fight's still continuing for those who lost their loved ones when Ethiopian Flight 302 crashed just six minutes into takeoff. It is one of two Boeing Maxes that crashed five months apart back in 2019. And if uh, COVID wasn't such a distraction, I have to think that their fight would have gotten a whole lot more attention and likely uh, led to some accountability, if not action by now. But here we are two years later with the families of those killed on that flight. And that was 157 people, 18 of them Canadians. And they're still fighting, not just in the courts, but they want a change in leadership at Boeing. They also want a change in leadership at the Federal Aviation Authority, which they say is still being led by those they believe are more interested in profits and protecting each other rather than the passengers who put their trust into them. And so the families have delivered letters to both Justin Trudeau and Joe Biden demanding change at the top of the world's most influential aviation authority. Question is, will either of these leaders act? Chris Moore is the father of Danielle, his daughter, who was killed that day on that flight. He joins us, and it's good to have you again. Thank you. It's um, unfortunate that we have to keep visiting like this, but it's also unfortunate that your your message and those messages of the families um, are still fighting a fight that has to be very lonely because um, COVID just it, it doesn't give a chance for any of the other headlines out there to get 
um, seen and, and help the fight. But no question that you and the families, you were online, met with officials at the Department of Transportation on Wednesday, pushing for changes, which I think a lot of people would assume had already happened and yet didn't happen under the Trump administration. Do you have hope that will happen under Biden? I, we do have a bit of hope, but I, I guess I have to say that uh, I'm cautiously optimistic. Um, we were promised uh, transparency by Steve Dixon, uh, who is the, the current administrator when he was appointed. Uh, but we've had we've had nothing but lip, lip service from him. Um, mm. But we've had um, when we met with uh, FAA and the Department of Transportation yesterday, they gave the same, um, you know, agreement that they would be working with us, et cetera. But we felt a bit more um, sure that they will be, you know, be working with us anyways. Have you heard anything from the prime minister's office or the minister of transportation here? We haven't heard anything from uh, Prime Minister Trudeau's office, but we have uh, sat with uh, the the um, uh, Ministry of or the uh, Transport Canada. We have met with mm-hmm. um, the uh, the Director General, and um, they they are working with us and keeping us up to date. Um, but there's their their hands are tied uh, with working with uh, the FAA. Of course, they have right. um, a, an agreement that they uh, they have to follow, and um, they are limited in what they can do. Yeah, and, and to simplify it, because it's not a simple um, situation, but the main argument would be that the existing leadership within the FAA is just too pro-industry, too protective of Boeing uh, to make sure that safety is priority one. And in the two years since the crash of both of these planes, I mean, we've had information come out that, you know, Boeing um, had, you know, improperly influenced a test as part of the MAX's recertification. It found that the FAA failed to hold employees accountable for these oversight lapses and that senior leaders may have obstructed investigations into the crashes. So I think a lot of people would be surprised two years later that not only is there not a full accounting of what happened, but that these people are still in these positions. I have to agree. And uh, I'm just wondering if, you know, the current administration is doing their homework before they they let these people go. Um, But I mean, I, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, and as far as the families of the victims are concerned, all the information um, is on the table. Congress has done a very good job of unraveling a lot of this. Um, mm-hmm. They've gone as far to say as you know the uh, the FAA um, is uh, is captured, and mm-hmm. the uh, administration are conflicted, uh, as well as you know Boeing. But I mean, we have problems here where we have people we're supposed to trust for our safety when we're getting into a plane, um, and I have absolute no. Uh, confidence in that at all. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's interesting because for the last two, well, the last year anyway, uh, there hasn't been a lot of travel and therefore Boeing and any headlines around Boeing or the Air Max getting back into the sky, they really have been buried in the back pages of, of the media because of COVID. And, and maybe it's because people aren't traveling as much um, that, that we are not having these conversations. I mean, just recently, Boeing Max, and I only learned about this recently, I mean, they've had to ground more of their planes because of electrical issues. These are the kinds of stories that everyday people do pay attention to, but they're just not punching through the noise. Yes. If you think about, uh, you know, the the MAX, uh, it was grounded for over a year. And Mm -hmm. uh, after it was ungrounded or returned to service, uh, everybody was saying, and and this is, you know, all the officials and in the agencies are saying this is the safest 
plain. It's been um, it's been gone through with a, a fine tooth comb, and yet we have this ground uh, this bonding issue. Um, you know, and that this is after they've, they've returned it to service. So what else is there? Um, there's manufacturing issues and design issues, um, and also you know. I would call them regulatory issues. Uh, there's still uh, between seven and 12 different types of systems on that plane that do not meet current safety regulations. Safety standards, I should say. Safety standards, yeah. not regulations. It meets the regulations because they're, um, they're grandfathered, but it doesn't meet right. the actual sta- uh, safety standards. You know, I have to think, um, as as isolated and as lonely a time as, as it is for you and your wife in your grief, that you must take some comfort from the other families. I mean, how how close have you all gotten in this fight? Well, the, the one family in, in, in the States, uh, the Stumo family, they mm-hmm. uh, they do have a they have a pulse uh, on, you know, a, to, uh, you know, Washington. So they they are working in that sort of area. And so they know the ins and outs and we're very grateful to them. They are taking the lead on this, but uh, we're very grateful to them. Um, but working with other families, it, it gives us some some comfort to know that, you know, it's not just us. Um, there's other people and they we, we all know each other, what we, we're all going through, um, the grief. And um, it, it's not... You know, it's not just like you know losing someone through a you know some type of a malady or something like this. Is this is horror? You know, the way that you lose lose a loved one, especially yeah. the prime of her life. And um, you know, the Stumos uh, lost a daughter um, the same age as Danielle, and we know exactly what they're going through. Um, and and they, uh, I'm sure, like us. So there's there's a lot of empathy there, and um, together we all are united and we're strong. And um, we're going to, uh, by hook or by crook, we're going to make some changes, and um, that's the bottom line. Well, as a father, um, I mean, it's personal, and, and so that's not something yeah. that you just give up on. You do that for for your daughter, um, yeah. and, and the others will as well. And and it's I can't even imagine. You know, I talked to to those who lost um, loved ones on the Iranian flight that was bombed out of the sky, and, and to think what you have all gone through um, in normal times would be you know, unthinkable, but to go through it in a time when the world is completely upside down and everyone's isolated. I mean, it really does stop the grief, interfere with the grief and change what should be a natural progression of grief. And so I have to think that it's just amplified everything for all of you. In some ways it has, and in some ways it hasn't, uh, because it's partly we, we, I've sort of ignored the whole uh, COVID thing because I'm isolated right. anyways, right? Um, yeah. in my own grief. So it, it's, you know, everybody, you know, we're walking through this um, world right now. I've said before, like a zombie, and uh, mm-hmm. it looks like everybody else is doing the same thing, too, with COVID. So um, in a different level. But, I mean, it's uh, grieving. Um, this takes so much of our energy away. Yeah. Um, it's, it's The COVID thing is just um, sort of a nuisance or an annoyance to us uh, in comparison. Do you have faith that, that this will, I mean, the, the court issues and, and lawsuits and all those things, those will work their way through the court. But do you feel confident that, that this, this fight will be won? Well, I think the, uh, the fight, the actual fight um, in winning, it, there's a bit of um, perspective we have to sort of think about. And, mm-hmm. you know, making, I think, just making it safer. I think that's that's victory. Um, but we want to make sure that 
there's a number of different points and on different levels and on different agencies that we want to make sure are carried through and changed to ensure that, um, you know, the traveling public are safer. Um, there's so many issues here that have uh, unfolded. And, you know, I, I will never fly again. I've, I've said that uh, because I know what this industry is uh, about uh, now. And it's, it's quite scary um, to know yeah. who, who's, who has your back or who doesn't, I should say, you know. Um, but, yeah, we want to make, uh, make a positive change and, um, you know, keep our, our loved ones' memories, uh, you know, there as well. It, we're doing it um, for ourselves, you know, and our, it's a personal thing. Absolutely. And it's a David versus Goliath fight, but no question about it. We'll uh, stay with you during this journey. So I always appreciate you uh, joining us, Chris. Well, thank you very much, Alex. That is Chris Moore, uh, one of the many, many families still uh, waiting for answers in, in all of this. Hard to believe it's been uh, been this long without those answers. So we'll continue following this. Questions about Pfizer, the delays in second shots, reducing efficacy against the variants. And of course, it comes on the same week we learn that AC is not the preferred choice and that kids can now get shots. There's a lot of vaccine confusion, but my next guest is not necessarily a fan of anything he's hearing, and he doesn't believe that the first shot's the best shot. He may not like the shots at all, so we'll talk to him and get his perspective next. Here on Point, I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio. A new problem spot, unfortunately, on the eastbound 401 Express approaching the 427, where two right lanes are blocked with this collision. It's causing a slight delay on the approach, but some crews are on the scene. Hopefully that'll be out of there soon. Now, there still are some maintenance crews on the westbound Gardner at the ramp to the north 427, where the right lane is blocked. Only a slight delay here on the approach as well, as everything's fairly lightly traveled right now. Across the board, everywhere else looking pretty good. And earlier problems in town on Shepherd West and Morningside also clear. This Friday to Wednesday, visit Shoppers Drug Mart for the bonus redemption event to get more for your points. A Shoppers Drug Mart exclusive offer valid in-store and online. I'm Ari, your benefit. Global News Radio, 640 Toronto, Chopper Traffic.